You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Who are the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, they're an inconsistent team that we knew from the beginning, and now it's fully confirmed. This is Orange Back Check, starting right now. This is the Orange and Back Check podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 74 of Orange and Back Check. Carter Hart out of the lineup with a lower body injury uh, after one of his more stellar performances of the season against Pittsburgh in ultimately... A nice little win, um, but now the question is, what would happen if five of the best NHL teams decided to just go, eh, we're going to go start our own team, or our own league, I should say. It's a question that I think we'll talk about, have uh, have a lot of fun with, but first, a guy who has continuously mocked me for looking tired. I don't like being called I look tired. Scott, how are you? Well, you do. You look like you just got thrown around or beat up or something you look like you, you know what it is. Do it. yeah yeah you know what, what i haven't gotten a haircut in a while that, that, that i think like that's the that's the that's the whole makeup of how i do my look so once once i get this fresh cut hopefully in the next couple of days I, I i won't look tired to set to satisfy you're you. right you're right you want your hair won't look tired but the glass <laughs> on your eyes and how red they are absolutely and how many times we had to do the intro just yeah. because he yeah. is that tired but you're back. I know that you're back on the morning shift. And that's got to be a, a transition going from one schedule to another. Like, you know, it's back and forth. There. It's back and forth. And I'm not complaining because I like doing the, the other stuff. But yeah, man, but it's, it's hard on the body. I'm just saying yeah. from that perspective. I know how difficult it is switching your schedule like that. I mean, look at just daylight savings time. Just an hour one way or the other can completely screw you up for a month. Yeah. And just the fact that I'm going to bed, like we're doing this at night on Tuesday or on Monday, and it's just, it's beautiful and nice out. And I'm like, I should go and enjoy this. I should go out for a nice walk with my family, my dog and the wife and see how walk around the neighborhood, maybe meet some other dogs and stuff. But nope, I got to go to bed right after this. Like I'm going to edit this, post it. And then that's it. Like that's, that's where we're at. You know, the good news is though, is that, you know, pretty soon you're going to be able to do that more often because the flyer season has started to come up to an end because they can't find consistency. So you'll be able to find consistency in your schedule and consistency in your nightly walks with the weather being as nice as it is. It's true. And the flyers will end their season. That bet is the most inconsistent team we've probably seen in the last decade. Yeah. And we'll get into the inconsistencies, but I want to, because I think the big story this week 
that I thought was just the fact that Carter Hart went down with an injury. He has a lower body injury. I think they went specific and they said back injury, back spasm, something along that nature. Um, you know how this NHL works. We never really know yeah. what it is until probably they the recover. dumbest thing ever. Just tell it us is. how he's hurt. Just put it out there. Like, it's not going to give anybody a bitch. Oh, wait, let, you know, let's shoot low on the goalie because he's got a hurt, a hurt back or whatever. Like, right. Just announce the injury. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. So he's out for like at this point in the season, you have what 12, 13, 14 games left in the not season. You're, go, you're not going anywhere. You had, you got Love blown it. out by the Capitals again. You got, you had a nice win against Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh, like at this point in my fandom and watching the flyers that I, how long I have since, since the first, I guess, technically the second Batman lockout in 2004 and 2005, that's when I really started to watch my hockey. I, I I'm a, product of new NHL and what we have today. Like I know what this team is just inconsistent over and over. We've been talking about the same things over and over again. And it's just kind of like, this is what they are at this point. Like it's just, we're, we're talking every night trying to figure out what this team is going to be. And Carter Hart, like, I, I don't know. I, I like, I don't know how to make of the sense of this team anymore. They're just mediocre. Yeah. They're just run of the mill average team that can't, that can, it, the strangest thing about them is that they'll have games where they'll play like the Bruins in a real tight game and eke out two points and then have a mental letdown against the Sabres. And they follow that up with a blowout against the Capitals. Right. And then but they get blown out by it. the Capitals and they come back and win a tight game and then they get blown out again. And then right. they lose a tight game. There's no, my, my main point that I, what I meant to say was just the fact that they are, they're consistently, inconsistent against everyone but the one team that they're always good against are the penguins like i like the wins against pittsburgh at this point are like okay whatever and the losses against pittsburgh are like okay whatever it's the everyone else wins and losses that i'm like okay that was a good win or that was a really crappy win like you're losing the buffalo you're losing the uh, the, the capitals and and you're fighting it out against the islanders last night in a in a shootout where you really should have won like that's the fact that they lost that game i mean Shosturkin, was it Shosturkin? No. No, it's uh, Sorokin. Igor Sorokin. Sorokin is just spinning Elliot on his head. Like, uh, Elliot is spinning on his head. And then Elliot, it's not even his fault that he gave up that overtime goal. It went off a skate and into the net. So it's just like you lose on BS and bad bounces like that. Again, it goes to the point of just how the loss of Carter Hart I think you just shut him down for this season. Like why accentuate a potential back problem of all things? Cause a back for the goalie, you'll know. I'm sure you can speak on this, especially if your back starts to go as a goalie, you're severely limited in what you could potentially do down the line, even at the young age of 22. Anything in your in your lower body as a goalie, you got problems there. I mean, even upper body can cause you some problems, but at least you could work through it. But anything below the waist is a problem. I, you know, I wouldn't say shut him down for the season, but you got to wonder. It makes me think now. Maybe there's been something lingering here from a while, from maybe from last season that that just never fully healed up or just never fully got conditioned enough to be able to get it in a place. Like, there's no reason that he went downhill this bad this season. A lot of it's defensive problems, but you know, maybe there is something lingering that we won't know about, or maybe there'll be some off-season cleanup and something. Hopefully not. You know, you'll want to start that this young, but maybe there'll be some off-season things that'll wind up happening. At well, the look, end of the if, day, he, if though, he's already getting cleanup, whether it's the, the like the microscopic knee surgeries, that kind of thing, like that's a serious red flag, and then you no, have to no, start not. thinking a, stuff. But I like I. What's that? 
It's it's a kind of it's normal. Like some guys, you might have loose bodies or something around from when you going up. And I think of how many times he's gone into a butterfly. Yeah, even if you're 21, yeah, yeah you're younger. If you've been done it plenty of times already to get to this point. So I mean, look at the end of the day. Who knows? Maybe there's something lingering. Could be a groin issue. Could be something with the back leading to groin issues or, or groin issues leading to back problems. Like all that area is connected. It's not about shut him down. Like you want him to finish season on the best note possible, and the team wants to finish on the, on the best note possible. But it just it drives me nuts. I like you know how this team can you know get blown out, and then all of a sudden their offense shut down. Like if you look back, really they were blown out a couple games, but they were losing games by one or two goals. Like now it's like. Once again, you know, twice in one week, they give up six goals to the Capitals. And granted, the Capitals are a hard team to play against again. And it was Alex Lyon that was in there. I wouldn't even give too much credence to Lyon either. It's more or less because they still respond. They were lost the week before six to one. So, I mean, and I think I Brian Elliott was in goal. So um, it's it's a matter of, it doesn't matter who's in net. It's just the Capitals are playing better than I thought they would at this point. I thought they, I mean, Lobby's going to get the most out of them now, but I thought they were playing pretty well and they're scoring a lot of goals and having a lot of fun. But they just the offense just doesn't it hasn't been clicking it just nothing's working right now and they're defensively they've gotten better but the offense have suffered because of it so um it's it's just it's a it's an absolute mess right now and at this season at this point of a season you just want it to finish and honestly it, you know as you much do. as we love yeah. watching hockey and watching the flyers at this point it's like okay well the playoffs they're nine points out with 11 games left they're not getting back into the playoffs right it, the, the season's over it ended two weeks ago you know we're just coming to right. terms from it now you know they have a lot of games coming up against like the devils who are a couple points above that or they're, they're above i believe um they're above in the standings so by a, a couple of points by 13 points so you know the devils even if they win most of these games they won't catch them but you know you have the rangers right there too or fighting for a playoff spot so it's coming up now i just expect more of the same or just more inconsistently they're just that's how they're going to finish the season i don't this is going to be a statement thing and you're going to see some surgery i don't know in the off season I, I think how like how lackluster the schedule is at the end of this towards the end of the season i could like i said uh, on the last episode i could easily see this team rattling off 10 11 12 points out of the last i think it's like 15 because you have four straight against the devils you have four straight coming up this week or excuse me i think it's three left yeah, you have, th- I think, three straight left uh, coming up against the New York Rangers in New York. They're fight- Like you said, they're clawing for a playoff spot, but they're overall, they're not an overwhelmingly great team. They're re- looking outside the playoff spot for a reason, just like the Flyers are. They've been playing inconsistent for the most part. So, like, would I be frustrated at the end of it if they rattle off and end up short of the playoffs by three, two points, give or take? You're going to look back, as we said, on that Buffalo loss and go, that's it right there. Like that. That's why you are out of the playoffs. Uh, and then, but then, then it's just the the saddling up of or the the rattling off of just really poor losses. I mean, I think it's a record number of losses of five plus goals that I've certainly seen since I started watching this dumb game. Like it, it's crazy that this is this is game. absolutely absurd. Uh, well, the Flyers' dumb game. That's what I say. I love the sport of hockey, but the Flyers <laughs> make it very very uh, stressful to say the it's, least. It's just frustrating, and every fan has a right to be frustrated right now. They absolutely do. The team's not played up to expectations. The coaching hasn't been up to expectations. Management wasn't up to expectations. I don't think it's anything that you know, it trickles down from this. It trickles down from the roster construction, the way it's built and never got it up. You know, added a training camp that really didn't work out too well. They got off to a good start. And then once teams figured them out and realized the gaps and the holes that they were having and they didn't play up to the best level, you know, we said at the beginning of the season, even when they were there 11 and three at the beginning of the season when they were playing pretty solid, 
you know, there's, there's something not right about this team. And now you're seeing it. They just they were always inconsistent to begin with. They were just, they were getting the bounce beforehand. Now they're not. So this is just the same kind of thing year in and year out. We saw this in 2018, 2019. We saw this in 2015, 2016. You know, we even saw in, uh, the 20, 2016, 2017, all those years where they had to, they got down early and then they had to push back to get into the playoff race. Now they got up early and they just kind well, of yeah. took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit and it bit them this year. Yeah. Cause those, those years that you're like, other than last year when they really solidified themselves in the playoffs, I mean, they, they, they've always sure. felt like they stumbled into the playoffs and just kind of like, Oh, let's see what happens here. Like there was nothing. And they were out of gas nothing. by the time they got up there. Right, exactly. Like uh, when Dave Haxtell got them in two out of his three seasons, like it's it's impressive to say, like, cool, you you made two out of three playoffs, but like you knew they didn't have a chance. Uh, obviously, against the, the 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 Washington Capitals, who eventually won the cup that year, and then in his final season or the season before his final season, like it was it was a joke that we thought that they were going to make anything consistent there, like. Last year, right now, it looks like a blip on the radar. We'll see what happens down the line because I think Fletcher is true to his word. He's going to build this team as best he can with the staff. Like they, they'll, they'll probably make some changes on the lower tier staff or in the assistant coaches, I should say, not lower tier. But they're not going to get rid of AV unless something drastic happens over these last eleven games. Like that's that's where that's really what it comes down to. Like if they lose. If they go on a, a historic losing streak, that's the only way that they'll get rid of AV. And even then, yeah. I don't even know. No, nothing like that's going to happen. They're just going to finish it out and just reset and go to next season. And at the end of the day, that's all you really can do because there's nothing else about this team that's really, unfortunately, like, look, like, it's not like we won't root for them. It's not like we won't watch the games, but they're not as fun as they used to be. And that's, I think that's the hard part for a lot of people is that when you want to watch a Flyers game, you want to enjoy it and you want to have fun. And it's, hard to because there's no spark about them right now and you know it, it's yeah you have 11 games left but even if you want all 11 that's 22 points I mean you know you're still nine points out so you have to think that Boston has to get 13 or plus points in their last how many games they have and that's likely you know even though they're not playing that great right now that's that's just not going to happen so unfortunately this season's coming to a conclusion it's just like any other year where they've been in the situation of mediocrity and figure out how to build it up from here and go from there so, I mean, you have some I mean, good bright pieces and a guy like Wade Allison who showed some promise the other night and Tanner Lazinski who gave some energy against the Penguins line, but against the Penguins when they played them on Thursday. But at the end of the day, you need more than that. You need more than just your bottom six to pick it up. You need some, you need some spark. You need some, your top line producing it with good results, good, consistent results. And you're not getting that right now. And I think it's, you know, it's a little unfair to blame Giroux for everything, considering that he doesn't have the right pieces around him that are producing as well. So they've got yeah. to make some changes this offseason. And that we've already discussed that and said that plenty of times. But they, it's good now that you might see some of the younger guys come in here and start. Maybe the Cam York probably make an appearance, I would say, by the end of the season. Last 11 games, you would probably see him get a cup of coffee here for sure. So, yeah, because um, he was just recently. Yeah, I mean Cam York to your to, to what you were just saying, he was just called up to the taxi squad, which is just basically saying, we're going to get him in, but yeah. it's just a matter of how we're working the salary cap with how the NHL salary cap works. But I think that's a good, like that is the telltale sign. I believe in my, especially for the flyers, I can't speak for the other NHL teams throughout the league, 
But when the Flyers know that they're out, whether it was Paul Holmgren, Dave, uh, excuse me, Ron Hextall, or now Chuck Fletcher, when you knew you were out of it, you started really bringing in these young guys like the Wade Allisons, like the Cam Yorks, like just to see what you could get out of these guys. And immediately right. in his second game of his career, Wade Allison pots one in the net and gets his first goal of the career. Yeah. That could, again, we had that huge, I want to say huge argument, but the, the great debate, if, if you missed that, that was on last week's episode about Scott Lawton's extension yeah, for five huge years. Huge argument. Absolutely huge argument. How dare you talk to me the way you did? <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, but like Wade Allison could easily step in over the next two, three seasons if he's still on this roster for that long, as that that is a potential guy that could be like a Scott Lawton, which again makes the five-year deal really stupid. But that's beside the point. Like it, it, Wade Allison is already looking like a now the grain of salt on, on the line with Scott Lawton and he'd score more goals. Maybe, but like, like a positive light. Right. I mean, that the, the, the point is like, it's the grain of salt is the team is just like, I, I don't think I, other than Pittsburgh, maybe I think every other team looks at this, the flyers and they're just remember a couple of years ago, they were just like, Oh, let's just play our backups night in and night out. Whenever we play the flyers, like I'm getting yeah. that feeling with the flyers again, maybe not with their goalies, but they're just like their, their, their players overall, despite still putting up six goals for the Washington Capitals case, but the Islanders, I don't think played a full complete game other than their, the goalie. Like there was no one else. I felt that really, put in a hundred percent effort because they know that the flyers are a joke and you'll find a way to eke out two points. And I, that's exactly what they did. And the I don't time. think that is the absolute case at all. There's nothing that tells me you would can tell when a player is not giving hundred percent effort. Uh, Patrick line earlier in the season. Sure. Uh, yeah. Pierre Luke Dubois earlier in the season for Columbus. Like it's not about effort. It's just right now. Teams know where the flyers are at. The flyers know internally where they're at. The flyers internally look at the next season. I mean, if they're not giving, there's no team that gives up in the season. They will go play every single game, 100 effort. But they know that they're behind the eight ball right now. They know that they're not really going to get a chance at the playoff. And now it's just pride, and you're playing for pride, and you're playing to you know, make sure you earn your spot on the roster for next season. At the end of the day, it's just like what the Eagles did this year. Like you knew by the end, the end of it, they had a chance, but they weren't going to get there. And it's the same concept: is that now you have to put pieces in place to make sure, okay, you can build around it next year. We've seen this a couple times with teams. We, we've yeah. seen it. We saw it in 2018-19 recently when they ran through eight goaltenders. You've seen that recently. Um, other seasons like that was the 0607 season when they had the historically bad season the year after making the playoffs. The right next year they bounced, made made some moves, bounced back, and made the playoffs. Um, and that's the best see. example of what we're looking at right now. Like you're talking about a severely disappointing in 2021 i'm talking about and just the fact that you had really high expectations i had them in top three you had them on the outskirts looking in of a potential playoff spot for that fourth spot but we're both completely wrong like this team is going to end up if they don't rattle off like i think they will if they don't rattle off a bunch of points in the in this stretch here against lesser teams statistically in the standings all of a sudden you could be 10 12 15 points out of the like uh, something it's, it, it's not going to collapse like that you said so we, we talked about it earlier like it, they're, they're going to be on the outside looking in like i saw the this team from what you right, but just mentioned if, yeah. be, i figured to be a fourth place team they're just they're, with the way the division they take the the most relatable season i can say that this is mm -hmm. it's the lockout shortened 2012 2013 season they didn't get yeah. up to a good start 
They didn't have the really the right pieces in place because they got torn up a lot by the lockout. And the next year they rebuilt and put some pieces in place and they got back on the track. Now they got up to a poor start in 13-14, but they made a great run. They had Steve Mason and Gold at the time. That was the first year of the really of taking off the Simmons Voracek. Like we had 2012, they had the 2011-12 season, but that was the year that core really grabbed it and went with it because it was post-pronger. So um that is more of like where I think they're at now. They they could possibly even pull what Carolina did. Carolina was on the outside looking into this year and they were a good team. They didn't really make too many adjustments and their guys are there. Last time I checked, they were in first place over Tampa who won the cup last year. So you take a couple of things into consideration. A lot of people are pissed off the way this team is coming about because they, they, they showed more promise last year, but think about it this way. And it does play a factor. You have Boston in your division, which has never been that case before. You've never had Boston in your division. You have to play with them. That's a very difficult thing to do because Boston's always given the Flyers trouble, okay? So the Capitals added a new coach. You look how much just changing a coach changed that team. They didn't really add too many pieces. They added Anthony Mantha at the deadline because they're going for it. But overall, they're pretty much the same team they were last year as well, minus their goaltending because they lost Braden Holpe. And they're yeah. playing better this year. The Islanders, essentially the same team. You're about where they want to be. The Penguins are playing better than expected, I think, from a lot of people. And they're holding their own, but they're not really anything special. But the, really, what's really screwing up this division, so to speak, is adding teams like the Sabres and the Bruins. Because the Sabres have killed the Flyers this year, and so are the, so are the Bruins. You take them out, the Flyers are in a much better position. So that, that, that does play a factor. Now, I'm not making excuses because if you're a good NHL team, you should be able to beat those teams night in and night out. Right. Then that's what I was going to counter argument with. Like, and then if you're talking about a normal division, you're also playing the good West teams. You're playing the other, you're you're playing every other team and bagging those points that way. I mean, when you're in here, this is, if anything, this is testing this team and the core of this team adversity that some of these guys have probably never faced before. Well, how do you, okay. Then like, and then what's your grade at this point, if you're grading on a scale for this team on how they've put up against the, the, the inner division teams that they're facing this year and outside Boston and, 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 and those teams that are not going to be in the division, hopefully next year, when everything goes back to quote unquote normal with the metropolitan and the Atlantic divisions, like what's the grade on this team right now? Like, I don't think it's anything. What's that? It's a D. Okay. Yeah. It's absolutely like, a D. Yeah. It's not an F because they have safe competitive, but it's D because but it's not, very it, loose because they've been blown out in a lot of games they shouldn't have been. I and, feel like yeah. I mean, I, I would. Yeah, it's tough. I wouldn't say. I would say it's a D because of the. I I don't want to say because because I don't think they've put up with like you you like I was talking about earlier they get, they've lost by five plus goals more times than any time than yeah. I can remember for That's this a D. so yeah I guess I, I guess at the end of it like I'm trying to think of an F a, is the Sabers an F is the Sabres right where you you have high expectations and you're in dead last in the division the Flyers are it's an embarrassing spot they are in uh what's it called they're in uh, sixth, sixth place sorry. sixth place sixth. right now so. It's a bit embarrassing, but technically, you know, if you look at when well, it's embarrassing that they're minus 34, like, yeah. And that's the same. It's, it's a, it's a, it, it, here's how you have to really rate it. The coaching, I would give a C minus only because of the roster that they have, they're doing as best as they can with it. And that's losing a big piece out of your puzzle that you had last year. Okay. So that is something you need to take into consideration. You're not getting any help from your goaltending, who hasn't who's been subpar this year. So C minus, you work with, but I think the coaching also gets a C minus because they've contributed to some of the problems by not making the proper adjustments that they should have been. 
Right. The management on this team, Chuck Fletcher, it gets a C because given the situation that Matt Niskin and put him in, I think Chuck tried to do the best he could. And people don't want to understand the fact like, okay, people, you can say, oh yeah, let's go out and get this guy. Okay. But you're going to trade a bunch of pieces. They're going to leave whole more holes down the line. than you're going to be able to fill by overpaying for a guy. We're really, it probably wouldn't fix their defensive problems anyway. So by losing Niskin in, and not being able to make a move, not because he didn't want to, it's because nobody wanted to make a move with all the flat cap changes and 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 uh, with the flat cap and all the salary cap and the money problems that these teams are going to have because of COVID um, and not bringing in that revenue, that plays a bigger part than people want to understand. They just don't, whatever reason, don't want to understand that it is a business. And if you don't want to go, imagine go to a car dealer. This is the best way I can give this analogy to people. Imagine go to a car dealer, Okay. And you want to say, hey, you know, I'm going to go, I want to pay $15,000 for that car. The guy is like, well, it's worth 20. Yeah, but I'm saying, I'll give you $15,000 for cash right now. I'm like, no, because I know some schmuck's going to come in here and I'm going to pay 20 for it and I'm going to make interest on the back end of the deal. So that's the best way I can explain is that, okay, Chuck Lutcher went to people and say, hey, I've got 15 grand cash to give you for this player, X player. The other guy's, no, I'm not going to do it. Or it's the fact that, well, I need $20,000 to move this car. Otherwise, I don't make money off of it. And that's how it is. It's a business at the end of the day. And, that, yeah. and that's what it comes down to. So you can't really blame too much on Chuck Fletcher. I've said this repeatedly, but it's the truth. You can't blame him too much for not being able to pick up a piece that people don't want to give up. So well, that's and then what it comes down to. We'll dive much deeper into it as the weeks go on and obviously in the into the offseason. But immediately, like, so let's say that Chuck Fletcher has two avenues that he can go down to make a move, whether it's a trade, whether it's with Seattle down the line, draft picks, whatever it may be. What is the number one priority heading into the season? Is it getting, as I said, a partner for Ivan Provorov, or is it getting finally trying to find a true goal scorer? Can you turn around the Patrick Lines of the world who were just traded from Winnipeg and now struggling in Columbus under the tort system, which is clearly failing him. Um, do you try and pry him and see if you can get him back to what he was in Winnipeg? Or do you focus and say, Ivan Provorov needs a number two on his right side. Otherwise it's it, nothing's going to go right. And it's just, I, I venture towards the Ivan Provorov pairing, but what, where, where, where do you land? Uh, me? I'm looking at defense because you have a minus 34 goal differential, right? That yeah. is horrible. You've scored 128 goals and get up 162. Okay. The devils have given up less goals. The Sabres have given up less goals. They've given up the le- most goals in the division. And probably if I'm not mistaken, probably near tops in the league with it. And in fact, if I look through here at the standings, I can see that. Yes. Besides the senators, they've given up the most goals in the league. They've given up two less goals than the Ottawa senators who are in dead last in the North division. I mean, and they have 34 points. So that that's that's how you know the defense is the biggest problem. You don't need analytics to tell you that. It's the problem is yeah. that that Matness skin and hole was never filled. That's got to be your number one priority because if you stable the ship, the idea is you work your back the back end out. I think that, and we'll talk about it more. But I think Brian Elliott's not going to be here after this season. I think you yeah, need, need more like a Jonathan Bernier type guy who could pick up more starts and split time with Carter Hart if he's down again. You need that. You need, you need that. You need that support like that. Not to say that Brian Elliott can't do it. Brian Elliott can't play 40 games a year if you need him to. Jonathan Bernier can. Yeah. With the Flyers, you need to get some sort of defensive piece in here. What's available right now? I don't know. There's talks about maybe Vince Dunn. You have to really look over near the offseason and kind of see what's available. I think that you're going to see, though, a type of hockey trade 
with the Flyers, you're going to have to give up a decent piece to get it, but you're not going to see it till post expansion. So because they're going to teams are going to give up the pieces, they're going to get Seattle set. The only team that does not have to give up anything is Vegas. Maybe there's a deal there that you can work out or something if they, things don't go in line. I don't know who would be available, but at the end of the day, you need to find a partner that can work with him and make a hockey trade. It can't just be a free yeah. agent signing. You've got to give up a piece to get a piece. You're going to have to give up something on the farm, but you have the assets to do it, but it's got to be the right move. And you can't do that at the deadline. You got to do it in the off season. When right. teams are more talking and really function around those teams and have those long conversations. I mean, for sure. I think at this point, it's certainly going to be post expansion draft with Seattle because I think Fletcher's job became easier in terms of trying to figure out who he wants to protect. Because at this point, other than maybe Coots, Hart, TK, like I know there's not many people basically what I'm getting at is it, like if, if they drafted X, X player for Seattle and they're gone off this team, 90%, 99% of it, I'm going to say, okay, fine. Like I'm fine with it. Like it doesn't matter who it is at this point because of how, I think toxic is a strong word, but I, I'll just stay with our theme of the episode of the, for the listener, the inconsistency. The inconsistency of this team runs deep. So if you unload one of these players, whether and sadly you're not going to get anything in return, I understand that's the worst part of it. You're not getting anything in return. But I also think, like I said, like I just said, I think Fletcher's job is a little bit easier in terms of who he needs to protect because. I don't think he is going to lose an eye, lose anything if, if whoever, maybe if Voracek is taken, if, if T, like, I think he's protecting TK, but if TK is taken, I don't know if he's going to be that upset about it. Yeah, you lose a top line player. TK can play a top line. You got to get the right center with him. That's really like, and I, I know yeah. I'm going to look at it that way. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, but like the JVR is fine. You need, take you need to find a strong second line center. You need to do it. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with Kevin Hayes. Sadly, that's what we were talking about with Kevin Hayes last yeah, year. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Hayes. Hayes is, I don't think that Kevin Hayes is is doing. And maybe it's just the chemistry. Maybe this season, but I think Kevin Hayes yeah. is a little more quiet than I like to see. But yet again, it's maybe just an off season. I just. At the end of the day, I don't want to beat this up too much because we've talked about it a lot in recent weeks and trying to figure out what's wrong with this team. What's wrong with this team is they have a minus 34 goal differential. Defensively, they just suck. Pardon my French. I mean, but you get what I'm saying. Like, but defensively, they're just not good and they know it internally and know the moves they need to make. But also at the same time, I think it's a miss that this team you talk about it consistently. They're boring. They're flat. You don't don't get any jump. They're just tough to watch. Yeah, and that's I'm saying that you don't have that spark. You don't have that that in, injection of, of youth and energy that you have. You have a team that's struggling, and these guys are going through some of this for emotions for the first time, some of them for the couple times in their career, and they just could never been able to put it together. I think that in the offseason, you'll see a major move put in here to get a good defensive piece in here, and you'll also see a major move in here as far as a, maybe even a surprising hockey trade where they're flipping players and picking up guys to make sure they could just try to get a new energy in this team. Because it's not that the locker room is toxic. It's not like that this team doesn't bond together, but on ice, the the product is not working. And just like any business, if what you're doing isn't working, you need to change strategies or you're deemed to fail. So unfortunately, you know, that's, that's really all there is to it unless they break off and do this five sixteen thing that these guys in Europe are doing. And then that would, that's be what I, 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 I'm glad good segue. Cause I, I, I want to, I, I, there's not much else to say about the flyers, but I want to talk about the, the, the huge shakeup before we wrap that's happening over in 
Europe with soccer. And I won't get into too many details, the minutia of it. If you if you want to look it up yourself, check, check out some soccer podcasts, Men and Blazers podcasts, great podcasts like that, Gary Neville. But basically the crust of it is 12 of the biggest teams throughout all of Europe, Germany, Spain, England, and Italy, are combining tw- 12 of their teams into one super league. So and it's causing a lot of controversy. It's it, again, it's money based. It's it, it's basically an Americanized version in Europe, which is has not been done before. Um, so it got me thinking, what what would happen if five of the best NHL teams, and for the sake of our argument, well, the five we'll pick are just off of this season alone, or the if we're going to go into technicalities, the biggest money makers that we think for the NHL over the next couple of years. What would happen if those five teams just said, you know what, not only are we going to break off into our own into our own league, but the five of us, no matter how well we do in the season, you have to put us into the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think that's the best way I can describe it for the for the for the details of what they want to do in Europe, because basically the, the European clubs are saying we're so good in our individual domestic leagues that we don't want to be have the option to be relegated, which is just being kicked off the league out of the league and into the, into another lower tier league. So the, obviously we don't have that here in the United States. So I was just like, let's just take five teams and say, not only are you going to play only these five teams, but you're also just going to immediately be plugged into the Stanley cup playoffs. And that's it like that, that, that it sounds crazy, but that's basically what's happening over in Europe right now. And I think you can't go five. You got to go six and you got to go the original six, which you got to do. That would really, that's that's what that's, that's how easy it is for you. You're given five, six teams. Yeah. You make it easy. You pull out the, or you take all the teams in Canada and put them in their own league. You make it that simple. Yeah. I I don't know. That I could see happening. Actually. I could see that happening. I mean, they have seven teams, but no one cares about Ottawa. Like they're, they're a mess. So just let them go. And then that would even you out to six teams and just plug in Ottawa in the East somewhere. Yeah. Like I, I I also look at it as I I think Vegas would be a fun team to have in, in its own league. Washington. You're going to hate this. Toronto. Toronto is good, man. Like, I know Toronto's good. You don't need to tell me Toronto's good, okay? They have 147 goals in the year, and they're w- plus 27 goal differential. You don't need to tell me they're good. The fourth team and fifth team are pretty easy. I, I would what just go Edmonton and Pittsburgh. Sucking. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, so I said, by the way, if, the only thing worse than the Flyers yeah. sucking is Toronto being good. Yeah. And the Flyers not being good. That, that's the, It's like Dallas being good. God damn it. Um, so, anyway. so, yeah, my five teams, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Toronto, Washington. That's five. If you're going to ask me. Oh, I'm, and I need a six. So I'll throw in Boston. Okay. Here, here's what I would do. I'm looking. Like, I think that would make market. me the most money. And that's what the European I, Super League is about. Okay. That's exactly what's going I'm going to the biggest markets. Yeah. Okay? So I'm going to the biggest markets. So two of them are coming from Canada right alone, which is Montreal and Toronto. So that's two. So you have four of the biggest markets are going to do it. So in the East Division, I'm already talking, looking at the Rangers. New York, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's three. And out west, I'm looking at the Kings because I think the Kings would probably be the most interesting. Yeah, I'd be looking at the Los Angeles, man. Yeah, Los yeah, Angeles. see what you're doing, yeah. So, yeah, so you say, so, and then probably, so that gives me, what, four or five? I got, yeah, it gives me four. And then Central, I'm looking at Detroit and Chicago. 
And then I'm looking again at um, <laughs> Boston. So really, I'm looking at it. I can't lost count. Well, I'm back to the original six again. Yeah, you come yeah. back to the original six, which I, is I, I'm, I'm looking at the biggest the hockey markets that would be that would just right. And the original six is the way to go default, even when they're bad. They're so good. Now that's not saying like Philadelphia will be on the outside looking in. Like it's a very close because Philly's a big market team, right? Um, like they're and, they're, and they're not an original six team. There would be a way uh, under the if we're going to establish the same rules that this European su- Super League wants to establish, which again you got to check out the controversy surrounding it because it's basically just the big guys squashing the little guys. They don't care. European soccer, Amer- European sporting events and fandom is way different than anything I think anyone can really conceptualize if you have never watched a soccer game or immersed yourself in that culture. I, I highly suggest people go and watch the movie um, Green Street Hooligans. It has Charlie Hunnam in it. He was in Sons of Anarchy, uh, if you remember that show. And he was also in Pacific Rim, uh, that crazy monster movie, um, and a multitude of other things, I'm sure. Uh, and also Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood post the Lord of the Rings. So I highly recommend wow. it. It's, it's okay. around West Ham United. It's a great movie. I highly suggest it to get an idea of what the culture is like for soccer. I mean, this is based in the 90s, but it still gets you the general concept. So like, I, the the idea would be there would still be a, a possibility for the other teams to qualify for this quote unquote super NHL league to be next year. So the Flyers could be in it, anyone out Buffalo, all that stuff. So that that would be, I think, you would have to find a way. But again, it's just wild to me that you would think like how insane would people go if they said, yeah, we're going to take your Scott's five teams and Bill or Bill's five teams and say. They're just going to play the season on their own, and then they're going to be the top five seed, no matter what their points differential is compared to everyone else. Uh, I think people lose their minds. Six yeah, I, it doesn't really. I mean, think about it this way too. Like, th- th- this is this is the NHL. What they wanted would cost certainty because it used to be like that. Like, think about mm-hmm. it this way. Like, you know, back think of the Flyers twenty years ago, the Rangers twenty years ago. They buy the big expensive players, the big Cadillacs. Yep. That, you know, That's what like, the MLB is right, about right now. Yeah, like you you buy you used to buy players, but until they had the salary cap, and you you couldn't play it. Now every team's got to build through the draft and build through that. Like, so I get it from their perspective in Europe, and here's why I actually understand it because if you're that good and the other teams can't compete and have to develop players over a long period of time, where are you mm-hmm. keeping your fans? So really, I understand well, that your, again, your biggest but the, draw would be to be the bigger teams when you match up against them. Yeah. The little guys can form their own league and be competitive and keep those local markets. That's still a good thing to do. It's like why like yeah, Carolina is like something. But you're forgetting that it, the, the little guy also banks on when – because you play every team twice in Europe. We'll take the Premier League, the English League, just as just for the sake of this argument. If you're the lower tier team, like Tottenham, or not Tottenham, uh, like Wolves, and you're playing Chelsea in your own stadium, you're getting that revenue on your own because you're probably selling out that stadium because you're playing a big six team. So on the the like the vice versa, and you're 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 relying on those. Despite that, you probably are going to lose, and despite and and honestly, the European Premier League has gotten very competitive. Like, yes, at the end of it, it's going to be the one of the six teams that you usually see win the league. You got that Leicester City upset a couple of years back in twenty, 
whatever it was like uh, like th- that was an outlier that none of us saw happening but like especially me i didn't see it happening because i didn't watch it i was gonna say you didn't watch i bet but like (laughs) the 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 concept is just like the whole fear is of how this is squashing the little the little club to your point and it's just like can a team like say like you would never see toronto squash out a buffalo or a toronto in terms of fandom like they they don't have that capability because you get a lot of people coming from toronto over the lake to, right. to go watch to go watch their team, you know, and then I so that that if you're looking at it from that perspective, that's fair. I think that you know it comes down to this: is that you know there's a lot more, there's a lot more, actually a lot less parity between teams nowadays. Is that mm-hmm. you know the Flyers have the talent of a little market team, and a team like Carolina, a small market team, has a really good team, and. um it just goes to show how much things have changed over time. And, but at the same time, like for this year, if the flyers went and played in Carolina, a lot of flyers fans would go to that game that were in Carolina and around. Yeah, they so would. It, it, you're kind of seeing it this year, like the way they're doing it here, you're seeing like Boston and Philadelphia and all that stuff. Like I thought, I, I guess this is what going on saying. Like I thought at the beginning of the season, this would be like a lot cooler than it's actually turned out to be. Because I'll be honest, like it's exciting because it's something different. But I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to next season when they go back and play every single team again. Because yes, it, it's going to be more fun to watch because it's nice to see a team play like the Anaheim or right or, or Los Angeles. Like how many or, games have you watched that involve Connor McDavid? Like we talked about early early on in our Stadium podcast. League. Yeah, we talked about early on in our in our in the earlier episodes of how the marketing for the NHL is very depleted because of you have really good guys like Crosby and, and and McDavid in different conferences. So they only face each other twice a year and you don't really market that as highly as you should. And then when you have a year like this, where I, I, I get it, Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby are playing against against each other. I get it. Like they're, they're, they're two of the all time greats. We're going to, we're going to miss them when they're gone. I get it. But like, I want to be able to say, yeah, I stayed up and I watched Connor McDavid like that. That like, yeah, you haven't really seen him. Like he's putting up stupid numbers this stupid year. Stupid well, numbers I, up there, yeah, in, in yeah. the North Division. Stupid. But how many people are actually watching it outside of right? That and that's that, what I mean. And that's what I think is really hurting league. I thought the the all Canadian divisions were awesome and unique because like the teams like you know like the Flames who are better than they actually are are not yeah. can't compete in that division. The Canucks who were only up and up last year in the same situation as the Flyers. And they've got COVID issues right now that are really screwing with the team. Yep. And the Senators, they were in a rebuild last year. Just they're, they're a Buffalo Canada version. So um, it, it, it is a shame to see because like, and I'll be honest, like, and I'm going to say that I'm going to put my, my, my ridiculous jealousy aside to see a team like Toronto, and how electric they are with guys like Austin Matthews and, and, and Mitch Marner and way William Nylander's playing this year and their defense with Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley and what Jack Campbell's been able to come in and do when Freddie Anderson got hurt and Michael Hutchinson. These guys are playing so well together that, but in their own division, because they out they're faster than every other team and they can just score at will. Yep. 
But the thing is, what happens when they go play like a defensive team like a Boston or the Islanders? Or right. Something like that? we That's what's going to be interesting. Playoff time. Yeah, these playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. One, because I'm imagining they're going to talk about a bubble. Maybe not. I and hope they haven't they... played each other, and it's going to be right. interesting to watch. It's That's going to a... be interesting because our, our whole theory was, there's no one coming out of the East that's going to win because they're just going to beat the crap out of each other. And I think that's going to hold true. But I mean, everyone's kind of beating each other yeah. up. Like, is this Washington be- as good as can Washington stop a team like Toronto? Yeah. Probably not, but they could probably sco- they keep with them in the score. So <laughs> like, you know, and same with Toronto. Can Toronto stop an offensive team like like them? Like they, they've stopped Connor McDavid a couple times, but yeah, that, that's one player on a, on a strange team. So, um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's going to be nice to see like, you know, a team like Toronto play like the Islanders and a team like someone yeah. out in the central, like the hurricanes play, like, you know, the avalanche, that would be a, such an amazing series. Um, or even like a team like, you know, Chicago, who's, who's close in it and with the predators, like, so, um, and to look at, look at Florida, Florida's playing really well. They got 61 points. They're in second place right now. They're ahead of Tampa. So like Florida is a hockey hotbed all of a sudden, I guess. Yeah. You don't have to do anything you want down there, but, um, yeah, I had to. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's going to be nice to see different teams play each other outside of their division. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to get back to it next season because you know what? As unique as this season has been, and as crappy as points this season has been, and ridiculous, know that there's brighter days around the corner. I think yep. that this team is going to get better. We're going to get back to a regular season next year. Hopefully, I don't see why not if the MLB is doing it now. Um, and it's just going to be fans back in the stands, probably more like 10,000, you know, hopefully a night where it's really loud and getting that energy back with people and getting back to normal hockey. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to be worth it more than anything else is doing that. And we won't have to have conversations like, Hey, what if these teams split off like the champions league team, whatever the hell they're all over there. You, yeah. I don't know all the things. I like, I like, I like Liverpool and I like, um, What's it called? Because my buddy's a big well, Liverpool. Liverpool is going off to the to the Super League, man. Yeah, I know, and so is and so is my other video, Barcelona. So yeah, yeah, yeah FC Barcelona, man. Love so this will so. be interesting. I, I I think not only in the Super League, but also just how this this season shakes out. Because I, I still, I I I know we were talking about it earlier. I still think the Flyers are going to rattle something off here because they're playing the Devils and the Rangers over the next two weeks before they get it up. The, the, thankfully, the, the season – or excuse me, they have a couple of nights off here before they take on the Rangers. I, I don't even want to bother with predictions, but, like, do you have anything uh, on this week? I mean, what – what what like, they have Rangers twice and then Devils three times in a row. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Six three points games this week until our next recording. So next time we do one episode, they play the Rangers twice, the Devils once. I'll say four points. Yeah, I'll go three. I, 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 I you're probably right because it's, it's it, and they've been getting fifty percent the of the points weeks. exactly. They've gotten fifty percent of the points every week for the most part. Like, yeah. like, and, and that's the thing is actually this week they didn't. They got I'm it. just so excited that this game, this season's almost over. I know we we talked about not How watching. Dare games. you? Right? What kind? Of, the season's not fun anymore, man. It's not fun. I don't. I don't enjoy. I, I enjoy watching good hockey. If you're playing good hockey and you're competitive, but you're still coming up short. I can buy into that. They're just playing really crappy hockey other than last night against the Islanders where they were playing really, really good hockey and everyone was couldn't spin- score. Every- yeah, they just couldn't up and score and yeah. the goal that they give up was BS. So, but 
Anyway, that's going to do it for episode 74 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Orange and Backcheck. If you have any questions, if you have a comment on the Super League, I don't know. Maybe there's a soccer fan outside of myself. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Did I really compliment Toronto? Unbelievable.